Welcome to Book Bumble, the podcast for people who love to read. In each episode, we'll introduce a stack of books that are tied together with a common connection to help take a deeper dive into each story. We provide a space to talk books that is friendly and deep with a little hint of geek. I'm Laura Pleasance. And I'm Leslie Hopping. And we are two friends who love spending time with our families, visiting libraries, and reading great books. We are so happy you joined us. Let's get started. Hi, Laura. Hi, Leslie. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 40. Today, our stack of books is tied together with a common theme of books written by authors we already love. These are books that we've either been waiting for or we pick them up based on past experience. And besides the books that we share, we'll also let you know what book inspired us to want to read this author again. We'll also share our books in hand. Awesome. So you're kind of, the listeners are kind of getting an extra stack of books. Yes. Because of the ones that inspired us. Exactly. All right. So I know you're ready to get started, but what book would you like to share first? Okay. I'm going to share one that I have trouble saying the title (laughs) of Earth's. The Right Place for Love. So like Earth is, but Earth's, Mm -hmm. that's hard to say. Good job. The Right Place for Love by Elizabeth (laughs) Berg. It was published in March of this year. I picked this up because I am in love with Elizabeth Berg's Arthur True Love series, which includes the story of Arthur True Love, Night of Miracles, and The Confession Club. These books are magic and I highly recommend them. You definitely need to read them in order and prepare to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Have you read any of them? I knew you were going to ask. <gasps> I haven't. Oh my gosh. Huge gasp. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so when I heard about Earth's the Right Place for Love and then learned it was the prequel to the series, I had to read it. Now, You definitely want to read the series first and then the prequel, in my opinion, because that way you can fully immerse yourself in Arthur's world, Mm. and then you're going to be able to make connections you wouldn't make otherwise. Um, I don't think you would enjoy it fully without that background. It really sets the stage for everything to come after. So here's the starting point. In this newest book, you get to meet Arthur Moses, who becomes Arthur Truelove. You meet him in 1947 as a shy young man, growing up in his beloved hometown of Mason, Missouri, and follow him as he falls in love with Nola, who has eyes for someone else. Hmm. We also meet Arthur's family. Most importantly, his absolutely wonderful older brother, Frank, who has a love story of his own. Arthur's father, a war veteran with a drinking and anger problem, and his mother are also integral to the story. And when a terrible tragedy befalls the family, Arthur must somehow figure out how to go on. So this is just a lovely story. It's full of longing, grief, small moments of joy, and some normalcy. It's full of hope, moving on, and remaining steadfast. And I really like that word steadfast Mm -hmm. to describe Arthur. Um, It was just so cool to read about the relationship that Arthur and Frank had. The sibling relationship was beautifully written. It was supportive and funny and open, and it felt really fresh. Mm -hmm. 
I think everyone should have a sibling like Frank. He always had good advice for Arthur, especially where girls were concerned. (laughs) And Arthur wasn't afraid to ask Frank about life. And I just loved seeing Arthur as a young man. And he was just as I would have expected based on the character I knew from the other books. He was a gentleman through and through, even when he was 16. (laughs) And I really liked that. It was just a treat to read about a person like him. He started off being an old soul and was true to himself forever. And I just think Arthur's a character for whom commitment is real. I did the audio version of this, which was actually read by the author Elizabeth Berg in just a lovely way. This is a coming of age story with a lot of heart and soul. And there are some sad parts and some funny parts. And it's just a quiet story. And I think any fan of the Arthur True Love series would love it. Okay. So I you have mentioned the Arthur True Love series before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am obviously going to have to put that yeah. higher up on my to-read list. It's so good. It's yeah. just, it's wonderful and hopeful Mm -hmm. and they all share that quality of there's some sadness but there's hope and joy and found family and commitment Mm -hmm. and it's just it's wonderful this book earth's the right place for love has a beautiful cover as well okay we always love that yeah it's just it's really good but read the series first that's good advice i feel like some of the reviews that I read of other readers who didn't like it as much were ones that had not read the series first. So it's just... Well, you get invested. Very. So you need to read the series first, but... Or at least the first one. Yes. So anyways, that's Earth's The Right Place for Love by Elizabeth Berg. All right. All right. Good job. Thank you. I did it. Oh, you did. Okay. What would you like to share? Well, Laura, I want to share one that I have been really excited about, and that is The Whispers by Ashley Audrain. She also wrote The Push in 2021. Mm, I love that. Which I really enjoyed. This, like The Push, really made me think and reflect about my role as an adult, a mother and wife, and as a woman. Um, here's the starting point. For this book. This story is told over a week and all, it all spins around young Xavier whose life hangs in the balance in the hospital after falling out of his second story bedroom window. Mm. One of the many questions going around is whether the fall was a horrible accident or something more sinister. Oh. Four families intertwined in each other's lives live in a sweet suburban neighborhood But they all have secrets and they all have desires and regrets that may be unforgivable. The Loverleys, whose child is in the hospital, seem to run the neighborhood. Their marriage is not all it seems to be and Whitney, the wife, has very conflicting feelings about her role in this family. But Mm. she's kind of the, you know, the person to know in the neighborhood, the head of the PTO, the... Um, person who always has exactly what they need in their purse. Everyone kind of looks up to Whitney. Okay. Um, Then you have the Goldsmiths, who are a young family, trying desperately to start the family they have always wanted. The Parks are the Goldsmiths' best friends and seem to want to live up to what they think the Loverleys have. Mm. 
And lastly, you have this elderly Portuguese couple who raised their developmentally um, disabled son in this neighborhood many years ago. So they're kind of the couple that sits mm. on the front porch mm-hmm. and observes. Okay. So you kind of get Ooh, their voice. I already well. like the sound of I, this. <laughs> So the author's first book, like this one, looked at expectations, rules of parents and adults, including adult friendships and kind of that complexity. Mm-hmm. Friendships seem really simple when you're young, yeah. but they get a little more complex when you're mm-hmm. older. And both books looked at the hardships of parenthood and the doubts that kind of fill us every day. I did like her first book, The Push, a little bit more. But this one made me think about it longer mm-hmm. after I returned it to the library. The author does a really good job of making the reader understand the desires and hopes and hopelessness that sometimes resides in each of us. I also really like that the author throws some little unexpected things into the mix of these relationships. Kind of like she did with the push. There was there were just these you know, you were plugging along in this great story, and then all of a sudden this, it wasn't like a smack-in-your-face twist, but you were like, oh, I didn't mm. expect that. And this story has a lot of that within those relationships of the four families. It's just a, a little bit of Desperate Housewives with a deeper theme. I would say that if you liked her last book, truly give this one a try. It's not a knock-you-off-your-seat thriller, like I said, but more of a slow, twisting staircase. And sometimes I like those best of all. And that was The Whispers by Ashley Audrain. Mm, I'm going to get that because I really liked The Push. Mm-hmm. I remember staying up very late into yes. the night to finish that. I could not stand it. I had to know what happened. And even at the end of it, you were kind of like, Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, what? Wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> and this book kind of gives that feeling as well. You're always just wondering, mm-hmm. is that an unreliable narrator? Or is that what really happened? Or do mm. I know the whole story? That same feeling kind of goes through this book. I love the sound of And this. the cover is also really beautiful. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Covers are getting, upping their game. Uh, they really they? are. Yeah. If I could um, draw. Yeah. Yes, well, mine would be like stick figures. (laughs) So what do you have in your hand right now? So I actually just wrapped up My Murder by Katie Williams. This came out in June of 2023, and again, the cover really drew me in. Um, I'd also seen this author because, believe it or not, she has written a couple of Minecraft books. Oh. In 2018, I think, or right around there. This is very different from that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So don't worry. It's not a Minecraft book. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) So here's the setup. Lou got murdered while running in the park one night. But the government brought her back as part of a new government program, along with four other women that were murdered by the same serial killer. Okay. Now Lou can go back to her wonderful job, being a mother of a toddler, and back to her amazing husband. She was brought back with every memory of her past life. All these parts of her life are welcoming her back with open arms, but as she gets to know the other women who were brought back, she realizes that her murder might not have actually been solved, and she begins to have to make room in her old life for this new sleuthing that she is doing. And not everyone is happy that she's decided to push the envelope on this issue. 
So can she trust those she was brought back to trust or will she need to trust herself and her newest survivor group that she's part of? Um, so wait a minute. So she I, was murdered, she, yeah. but then she comes back to earth. Yeah. So the government program, they don't really dive into it. It almost makes you feel like you should know what's going on, but it, the way it was drawn in my head was that her brain and all of her workings, like all of her memories were brought back into a new body. Oh, okay. So the body doesn't have her scars that she got when she was a, you know, a little kid or anything okay. like that, but it's a new body, but with the same memories and brain and she looks exactly the same. Oh, it was like a little Stepford Wives ish. Yeah, to me. So it's like a government program. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they choose who gets brought back. Oh gosh! And for some reason, which they, you know, the author Katie Williams brings up a couple of times, it's controversial why they decided to bring these five women back. Okay, after they found the serial killer. Super interesting. So you have that question kind of hanging out. But like the husband, it's strange because everyone just jumps back into like, oh, Lou is back. Mommy's back. She's been murdered, but do (laughs) they know that she's been murdered? Everyone knows. So she's, they're a bit of a spectacle. They have to, all the girls have to go to this like therapy session every week. I would imagine so. And that's where they kind of, and some of the women decide they want to kind of take on a whole new life because they've been given new life. Lou is kind of thrown back into her old life and her parents are kind of acting funny towards her because, you know, when someone dies, as sad as it is, you kind of close that. Yes. And then she's brought back. Huh. This sounds interesting. It just was really interesting. And it's, it's little, so it's like a twist on a twisty. It's yeah. not like a total twisty, but it's just a twist on that. It was short, and the pace made it a really quick read. I mean, this was a day read, and I don't, I don't ever do that. Um, I just really enjoyed the kind of semi-futuristic book mm-hmm. that seemed just crazy enough to be possible. The whole time I was reading it, I was like, this is so strange. But, you know, it's like watching Back to the Future with the flying cars. And yeah. That. Could it, you know, could it happen? I don't know. Yeah. That sounds really yeah, cool. So that was My Murder by Katie Williams. So it, it just, that when you said semi-futuristic, mm-hmm. I'm reading right now The Ferryman mm-hmm. by Justin Cronin. Mm-hmm. And it has that same type of a feeling like okay. it's just enough that you're thinking like, oh my God, what if this really right. happened? Yeah. And they're not giving it a year. They're not saying in 2050. Yeah. It's just kind of this is what's happening at the moment in the book. And you're like, when is that? And were you drawn to that simply on the cover? Had you read some reviews? I have not read any reviews. The cover is like all these little red lines. It's really simple Mm. and then just shows a woman's face peeking out from the lines. Mm -hmm. I remember you showed me the cover now that you say that. Uh It's really simple, but it just it kept calling to me. So I was like, I'm just going to read it small. 
Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, so yeah. try it out. Okay. Because it's not, I mean, you don't have to invest a lot of time in it, but it was just really interesting yeah. to read. It was fun. Okay, that sounds so great. So what, what do you have in your hand right Okay, now? something completely different than that. <laughs> um, I read The Silence That Binds Us by Joanna Ho. It came out in June of 2022, and it's a debut YA novel. And I did it in the audio format. Okay. So it was, I really like this. And as you know, I'm not a huge YA reader, Mm -hmm. but I had seen an interview with the author because the book had recently won an award. And I just thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. Right. And it was available on Libby. So this book had motifs, big motifs of racism, grief, depression, but also friendship, courage, and hope. So even dealing with some of the heavy issues in a YA book, it wasn't angsty Mm. or a downer, which sometimes I feel like that's why I don't like YA. Right. Because I always pick ones up that are like that. But Mm -hmm. this was done really well, and I really enjoyed it. So here's the starting point. This is the story of Maybelline Chen, or May, as she's known to her friends and family. And she was a heroine like no other that I've ever read in a YA book. She's an Asian-American teen living with her loving family, parents, and her brother. And when that beloved brother, Danny, dies by suicide early in the book, her parents are actually accused of putting too much pressure on him because of that stereotype that Asian parents do that to their children. Oh, god! Have you ever heard that stereotype yeah, before? Yeah, but thinking of it in that context, that's, I mean... Yeah, it was really terrible. Mm. So May decides to take this narrative back by taking a stand, and she's really a talented writer. So she uses her writing voice to fight back. And she actually fights back against a very prominent man in their town who's also the father of one of her classmates. Okay. And he fights back right with her. Oh. So it's a pretty pretty big deal. So there are some really great secondary characters and some really interesting secondary storylines. And they involve racism living up to the expectations of others and bucking the system. Mm -hmm. So there's a great supportive teacher, which was really cool to read about, even though some of the things that she did, I think would get (laughs) us into a lot of trouble, even though she did tread the line really well, but Mm -hmm. um, she appeared supportive in ways that I think in real life would have gotten us in trouble. Yeah. But mm-hmm. would be something that you would aspire to. Right. There were some, there was a really great storyline with May's best friend and the brother um, who, so May's best friend and her brother were best friends with May okay. and Danny. Okay. And there were really some really great storylines um, with that as well. And I really enjoyed reading about the parents and what they were dealing with. So there were some great things in this book. I thought it was a thoughtful look at 
some pretty heavy issues. Mm-hmm. And it's really inspiring for anyone, but I would think especially for young people. So it brings some interesting questions to light. And it'll make you think about your own beliefs and your own actions or inactions Yeah, when some of these issues okay. arise in your own life or things that you see or mm-hmm. times that you might be able to lend support or not to right. a cause. And I thought it was really interesting because May is Asian mm-hmm. and she had to kind of come to, when she was making this stand against this narrative that her parents had basically Mm -hmm. caused her brother's suicide. She kind of had to come to terms with her own actions or inactions of the past in supporting her friends who were black. They were supporting her and wanting to help her organize and be at different events that she was planning. But had she always done that Mm -hmm. for them? She had to be very introspective Uh to kind of see that maybe she had participated in a way that wasn't supportive. What a good model for young people, too. Yeah, which is what I thought was so cool Mm -hmm. about the book, that it was so thoughtful. And one of the things that made me consider was just that idea of when you do something brave and it embarrasses someone important to you, What are the costs of that and is it worth it? Mm. So in this book, May was standing up very publicly against something she knew was wrong, but her parents were really against what she did and they wanted her to stop Hmm. and they suffered some consequences Because of it. And so did she. Right. But she may really wrestled with that, wanting to please her parents, but also needing to Mm -hmm. assert herself for herself. She just had this need in her to stand up for Danny, herself, her parents, and her culture. Right. Um, I like that the book made me consider things about my own life. That really actually surprised me, (laughs) especially, yeah, considering (laughs) that this was a YA book for sure. So I definitely did not know anyone (laughs) like May or her friends when I was in high school. Right. Not to say that these issues or important Mm -hmm. issues weren't happening, but I can't recall anybody ever standing at just a different time. Mm -hmm. The author wrote of people willing to be open and reflective during discussions and willing to take risks in order to be true to themselves and their friends and family. I was really touched by a part in the book where May was confronted with, hey, why should I help you when you didn't do X, Y, Z? And instead of the typical response, which I would feel like, you know, would be like, well, right. You know, she really thought Mm -hmm. about what this character was saying Mm -hmm. and really made some changes in her own thinking and vice versa. There were others that she was able to 
talk with mm-hmm. and how and these kids would come to their own conclusions about whether they wanted to help her and why but it was so reflective yeah and i just don't know a lot of right people in general <laughs> Adults. that do conversations in that way so yes. i thought it was a really good model i could see it being used in a classroom right as like look how they're talking with one another mm-hmm. like really active listening mm-hmm. no so, wonder you liked it yeah it was really good so i felt like these characters were actually they were changing mm-hmm. and they were also trying to create change mm-hmm. and i was i was super impressed by that I think it could be a powerful read for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But if you have young adults in your life, I really highly yeah. recommend it. The Silence That Binds Us by Joanna Ho. And I even really love the title, The Silence That Binds mm-hmm. Us. That really combines everything that you just said about it. Yeah. Awesome. It was, it was really good. And listeners, we want to remind you to... Uh, rate and review us please if you have time yes that's really helpful to get news about our podcast out there and share us with your friends or your enemies maybe that's a way you can make peace with each other (laughs) and if you have any kind of social media we'd love it if you shared us through that as well we sure would thanks So glad you joined us today. If you'd like some other titles that go along with this theme, check out our show notes from today's episode. Please share this episode with a friend and check us out on Instagram at The Book Bumble. We'd love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. Join us next time with a new bundle of wonderful reads. Until next time.